listening to Liz Collin Reports, a place for truth and meaningful Minnesota conversations. Hi, everyone. Liz Collin here. We're sharing some untold stories from the pandemic again this week. They are some tough stories about the toll of shutdowns and the human cost. And this time when it comes to our military. On the podcast, we have a mother from up north who lost her son, a sergeant in the United States Army, to suicide. She shares his struggle to find the mental health services he so desperately needed when the shutdowns put a stop to it all. It's led this Minnesota mom on a new mission to help other military families moving forward. Vicki Randall is here. Thank you for joining me, Vicki. Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate it. And then you've really been through unimaginable grief these last couple of years. And despite it all, you're focused on giving back, which I find uh, truly remarkable. Just uh, a wonderful, strong mom you are. But I want to get a little bit into your backstory to start with here. It was March 2020. You're living the pageant life, (laughs) as you call it back then. And you're up in Brainerd, as we mentioned, where you guys live. What happens at that time? Well, our pageant was shut down actually in the exact middle of the the pageant itself. We had had two days of being together, um, a full day of rehearsals. <clears throat> and then the Brainerd School District walked in and said we could no longer use the building. It would be shut down. And the pageant was supposed to take place the next day. And of course, that didn't happen. And so everybody was pretty devastated at that point. You're also a nail tech, I know, too, Vicki, and basically you lose your income for months. Absolutely. The two weeks following that, or excuse me, I should back up. Actually, it was a couple days following that the state came out and said that we had to shut our businesses down. But as we mentioned, your story really gets so much worse. It was a Saturday in April when you got the news. Yes, it was Saturday morning, April 3rd. Um, I received a knock at the door. And it actually was from my son's best friend who had gotten the information first and wanted to get to me before anybody else did. And he came with the news that my son had shot himself the night before. And tell us about your son, Sergeant Cody Lee Randall. He's an E-5 sergeant in the United States Army when this happens. He was a great kid. Um, I had no idea that he suffered from the mental illness that he did and the depression. He was the kind of kid that always wanted to make everybody else laugh. He he wanted everybody happy around him. He was kind of a prankster, um, but he had some goals and he joined the army. He was in his second enlistment. His first enlistment he spent in El Paso, Texas for four years and then always had the dream of going to Alaska. And he was in Alaska for three years, enlisted um, up in Anchorage, and it was after that three years that everything, you know, changed. So his base is at Fort Richardson in Anchorage, Alaska, yes. and he was just 28 years old. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. And before we go into your desperate attempt to get to your daughter-in-law and your five-year-old uh, granddaughter um, at the time, both in Alaska when this happens and travel being nearly impossible, but... Through all this, you come to find out that Cody had been seeing a counselor just three times, but that was abruptly cut off due to the pandemic, and he's going into a downward spiral, and you know nothing about that. Exactly. He actually had sought help with the Army, and unfortunately, there is a stigma that goes along with asking for help, especially where mental health is concerned when you are in the Army. And so from there, he sought sought help outside of the Army, 
and had had just three sessions when Alaska shut everything down and his his counseling was shut down. So nobody has any idea how to get you to Alaska where you obviously need to, to be, but it takes you a week to kind of navigate to navigate Thanks. this and you're contacting everyone you can possibly think of to get there. Exactly. I was I had already purchased my airline tickets the day I found out and I was notified that Alaska had just shut down that day. And if I were to fly into Alaska, um, I would be quarantined for 14 days in a hotel. And I know we contacted airports and governors and airlines and every representative in government that we could possibly try and get a hold of. And it was after a week of trying to find out what would happen for sure, um, a friend of mine gave me the telephone number to the depart the director of the Department of Health in Alaska. And that's where I got my information as to what would happen if I flew. But it took a week to make that happen. And what was really, th I'm so blessed and thankful that I was able to see my son before he was cremated because he was to be cremated that Friday. So I flew in, was picked up at the airport and went straight to the funeral home. And on that note, you get there. I know that week is just a whirlwind. There's a memorial serv service, but you told me that your son's ashes aren't even allowed to be there at that service. And these are the types of things that we never really heard about. I feel like the, the stories are, are kind of coming out now, but that's partly your reason to want to talk about this, just the uh, inhumanity that we that we saw. Absolutely. Um, getting on base, of course, with COVID was really a struggle in itself. Um, we were all to be masked and just to get through security and go in and to have this memorial service, we had to be masked the entire time. And so I've had an issue with masking kind of because of that. Um, I've always said, try and, and cry and sob and, and tears are running and snot is running and you've got a mask on. It was absolutely a nightmare. And in this memorial service, which I was happy that we had a memorial service for him. However, with this memorial service, his ashes were not allowed to be at the service because then it would be considered a funeral and funerals were not being allowed. So my son was not given a proper funeral by the military because of COVID. And it actually took five months for us to actually be able to have a funeral memorial service for him with him present. And we did it on private property. Because that was the world we were forced to live in. Absolutely. You get back to the airport um, in Minnesota and up in Brainerd uh, from Alaska. And I want you to share what you see, who you're greeted by, because that's really where this story takes another turn. Yeah. This is a hard one for me to talk about because I was so touched um, to get off the airplane in Brainerd and I was greeted by 11, 11 veterans from the Eagles Healing Nest and two of my friends who were actually from the Nisswa American Legion were there with their colors on and, and so they were there also. But to walk down this aisle of rows, the two rows of men standing there with American flags in their hand. And it was complete, utter silence as I walked in and I lost it. It, it just, I needed it after the week that I'd had in Alaska, trying to deal with all of the details with my son to, to get off that airplane and to be greeted with such love. 
it, I can't even explain it. The visual really gives you goosebumps. We have the pictures uh, for listeners on alphanews.org. They're really amazing. Um, but talk about that, the Eagles Healing Nest in Sauk Center. I know you had heard about them before, mm-hmm. but again, it's sort of led you to this new mission. Absolutely. Um, that first year after my son took his life, we spent a lot of time at the Eagles Healing Nest. First off, I wanted to go back and thank Mel Butler, who is the director of the Nest. I wanted to thank her for bringing the veterans to greet me and brought her some flowers. And we had lunch there and she gave us a tour of the Nest. And having never seen it, I was blown away. And so we continued to go there for different occasions, different events that they had. My husband, he's actually an Elvis impersonator, and he went and did an Elvis show there for them. And we ended up bringing our camper there. We we changed from doing pageantry. Um, we retired from that, bought a camper and said, we're going camping. And so we brought our camper there and left it there all summer. And we spent a lot of time there and, and came up with the idea of not only wanting to help the nest and give back to the nest for what they had done for us, um, I wanted to just to also um, honor my son. And so we came up with the idea of doing a walk in honor of my son and we held it at the Eagle Ceiling Nest. And that um, walk is called the the Panda Project, uh, which I know you'll be doing again this this summer. Um, But talking about that hope and healing uh, that happens at the nest. But I was struck also by the need at any given time. You said there are 70 veterans um, that are living there. There, there are veterans that come and go. Um, I, I watch Mel's posts on Facebook all the time, and she's always welcoming um, new ones home because anyone who arrives there, they're welcomed home. And when they're ready to leave the nest, they soar, just like an eagle would. And it is a veteran-run facility. There are no employees. The veterans run everything themselves. They have developed the programs there that they felt they need. So it's all been established and put together by the veterans themselves with Mel running everything. Um, there's no time frame as to how long they can stay there, um, as long as they're working the program and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, when they feel that they're ready, they can then they can soar the nest. Um, and that need is crucial. 22 veterans, you said, take their lives every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you were able to discover through this this horrible nightmare you've been living, but the, the base where Cody served, um, we just did a little background and one article from a military magazine says last year there were 17 suspected suicide deaths on that base alone, more suicides than in the previous two years combined. But in 2020, um, when what happened to, to Cody took place, seven soldiers died by suicide, um, mm-hmm. I- including your son. So it really does point point to the need. And, and you talked about that, this stigma that seems to be attached. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Um, actually, the number is more than 22. I don't know what it is now. Mm-hmm. And that's just your veterans. That isn't including your active duty. So there is a huge need for suicide prevention in the military. And on this base, this article pointed to soldiers talking about this isolated region. They feel far from home with time zone differences, travel expenses, making it hard, harder to keep in contact with loved ones. But we all know um, members of the military probably have a very hard time asking for help. 
Absolutely, they do. And every time Mel welcomes one home, she's always thanking them for having the courage to reach out. Again, we are talking to Vicki Randall, a mom from Brainerd who lost her son to suicide during the shutdowns of 2020. Let's go get more into your work at The Nest. You talked about that memorial service there five months later and that the Panda Project, which is something that's near and dear to your heart. Tell us about the name, because I think that's actually a, a fun story. Yeah, it actually is. Um, I never really thought much about it um, at the time when Cody was getting into all the panda paraphernalia, but he um, used the the term panda in a lot of his gaming names and for a lot of his passwords. Um, I thought it was awful at the time. He had a big panda <laughs> tattooed on his chest. I thought it was kind of crazy. But once we lost him, it became a very significant emblem symbol for us. And so my daughter and I, we actually went and got panda tattoos in honor of him. And when we decided to do the walk, we wanted to give it a name. And my daughter is actually the one who came up with the Panda Project. And so you raised thousands people, of dollars. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so um, people ask us about it. You know, why, what is the Panda Project? And we tell them the story of Cody. And so it does have a significance. And hopefully more and more people will learn about it. And August 20th will be the date for your walk this year. Uh, yes, exactly. August, August 20th, it will be held at the Nest again. And last year, like we said, we raised $15,000 for the Nest. Um, I should mention also, the Nest does not receive any government funding. They rely completely on donations. And so to be able to raise that money for the Nest really meant a lot for us. So, of course, we have bigger goals for this year, and hopefully we'll meet those goals. And their website, too, is eagleshealingnest.org. Again, eagleshealingnest.org. And they also have a fundraiser uh, coming up to help. Yep. One week following our walk, they'll have their Nest Fest. Um, they only have two fundraisers that they provide for themselves. So all of the other um, donations just come in from a lot from that area. Um, and I do think it's worth visiting that website, too, to, to hear about the incredible uh, story that that's happening there. Absolutely. And I always encourage people to watch the video on the bottom of the homepage. It gives you a feeling for what the Nest does. And and I just the love and support as a military mom or now as they refer me part of the club, the Gold Star Moms, um, the love and support that I was given at this place. I mean, when these guys hug you, they hug you. Hmm. It's it's real and it's deep and it's strong. Hmm. Which which you need um, desperately. You said that you wanted to, to speak out today to, you know, to kind of get at that loss um, of your son, but also the loss for humanity. You mentioned the isolation um, and this, the stigma for mental health. But do you think looking back that there are what are the lessons that we should learn from the from these last couple of years? I also found it interesting that you tried to get uh, the media to, to cover your story in a way um, to help you to Alaska or to, to talk about your son. Uh, but that wasn't the focus during the pandemic, was it? No, I've just said over and over, we lost all sense of humanity during the pandemic. Nothing else mattered but COVID. Um, I couldn't believe that funerals were taking place via Zoom. I mean, how do you have a Zoom funeral? And people were dying alone in nursing homes and dying in hospitals and couldn't have loved ones with them. And it's just 
beyond my comprehension what was happening all in the name of COVID, as long as it didn't involve COVID, or it was just all about COVID, I guess I should say. And I just, I feel so bad because I know I'm not alone. And yet the media was not reporting any of these stories. They only wanted the fluff, sad stories of the grads who didn't get their graduation or the brides and grooms that had to postpone their wedding. And I'm not making light of the fact that those weren't important um, things to happen. They definitely were. But funerals and losing loved ones, that it was so tragic. And I can't believe that they didn't want to cover those sort of stories. And when I did reach out to the media, like you said, there was only one that got back to me and they just wanted to get um, dirt on the army. It seems we'll look back on this time and realize there were so many more victims away from our hospitals. Absolutely. Thank you so much for telling your story and, and being willing to be a guest today, Vicki. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk about my son. It's as hard as it is. And I'm working very hard to be able to continue talking about him and never forgetting what he went through and what happened during that time in our world. And people need, need to hear that. It will help others, no doubt. Vicki Randall again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. A big thank you to my podcast producer, Andy Schmidt. We'll be here again soon to keep meaningful Minnesota conversations going. Have someone you'd like us to chat with or a story you'd like to see? Email tips at alphanews.org. Sign up for our daily newsletter there, too. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Share the podcast and give us a five-star rating. Until next time.